What is this great conversation you're about to hear? Hello, everyone. This is W, host of the High Art on the Edge page. I'm an online event planner that supports artists' work from all over the world. They create the product. I help organize and execute a memorable event on social media for their fans, family members, and friends. In addition, I host online events called Surprise, where online friends and I shine a bright spotlight on an artist's work. What do NXS, Nick Cave, and the Bad Seeds, and The Church have in common? They are all considered to be highly influential bands from Australia. Let's not forget about Midnight Oil. This explosive group of talented musicians released three consecutive albums from 1987 to 1993, Diesel and Dust, Blue Sky Mining, and Earth and Sun and Moon, the perfect trifecta. In this entertaining conversation, my dearest friend DVG and I discuss thoughtful lyrics, concert experiences, and even silver and gold medal tracks from all three of these impactful albums. So, grab yourself a drink, have a seat, sit back, and enjoy today's discussion on what makes Midnight Oil's music full of endless power and passion. Hello, everyone. This is W, host of the High Art on the Edge page. Today, December 16th, Saturday, this is surprise number 22, and we've got a beauty for you. That is right. We are heading over to Australia to shine a spotlight on a band that my co-host and I have dearly loved for so many years. Of course, we are talking about the mighty, the passionate Midnight Oil. And who better to do this with me? Another go around with DVG, Dave Von Gear. As our previous one, we shined a spotlight on the Mighty Lemon Drops. So today, we are going to honor this band, but we're going to do it kind of a unique way. We're not going to look at all their albums. We're going to look at three specific albums. Much more on that later. Let's bring in DVG. Hello, my friend. How are you? Doing great, W. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, yeah, happy holidays to you and... Before we begin, I've always got a question for my uh, co-host. So here's my first question. In three words, could you please describe what Midnight Oil means to you? Or how would you describe their sound? In three words? Powerful, authentic, passionate. Perfect. And can you tell us when did you first notice you were gravitating towards their music? Like, oh, I'm really starting to appreciate what this band has to offer. Well, I think when I first I, I was familiar with a handful of songs before Diesel and Dust came out and Beds Are Burning kind of blew up and and everyone was was aware of it and i i like some of their their early stuff but they still seem like this sort of weird inaccessible australian band with a huge tall bald guy as as a singer but what really got me is you know back in the day when diesel and dust came out you couldn't just download beds are burning on you know spotify so uh you know it's when i'm like okay i, I like this one song sure i'll 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 take a chance on the album and to hear that album and hear the, the depth of it 
the um, variety of songs, the amazing musicians. I'm like, oh, these guys. I mean, I knew they had plenty of albums before it, but they're not just some group that puts one great song on an album and the rest is filler that you have to sort of slog through. It was so good from start to finish that I went back and listened to some of their their earlier albums, which I found a little more inconsistent, but still plenty of great stuff there. I think for me was um, because 1987 had so much great music. And I remember that was such a staple on MTV, right? Heavy rotation. Of course, Beds Are Burning video, very indelible. But what really turned it for me was when we went to go see them live for that tour. And I remember just being so in awe of just this sheer, like they are phenomenal performers. They, they, as Bruce Springsteen likes to say often, they exhaust the tank. <laughs> and I remember when they slowed it down for put down that weapon. There was just something in that moment. I was like, oh, my God. Now, I don't know if I truly could articulate it, but I just look in reflection could say that was kind of the defining moment for me. I'm like, this is this is something dearly special. Well, and you mentioned Rob Hurst. And often if I go see a band, naturally, you're focusing on the lead singer. And it's hard not to focus on, on Peter Garrett with his herky-jerky dance moves and his size and just his overall presence. If I'm not watching the lead singer, I'm often watching the guitarist, the bassist. Midnight Oil is a rare band. First thing I'm going to is I'm, I'm watching Rob Hurst because not only phenomenal drummer, and you really can't appreciate that till you see him live, but the the backing vocals that he provides yes. just takes their songs to another level. And again, it's not some studio trick. It's even better live. And uh, wow, the balance of, 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 well, the contrast of his voice with Peter Garrett's, they work well together, but they're just work great separately. And you don't always get that. I feel like some bands you see and some of the band members are sort of reluctantly doing backing vocals or they do it, but it doesn't sound great. And I'm like, wow, not only is he a phenomenal drummer, but man, his voice magical um so let's start let's kick this off with of course um i'm sorry i said diesel, uh, i just said beds are burning diesel and dust i want to give you some context as i often do with these events what albums came out that year freaking i when i went back and i'm like oh my god all right well we gotta start with one of your favorites is depeche mode um, of course, that's music for the masses. REM document, a little known band uh, called Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. And then, of course, what some consider to be one of the greatest albums of the decade, if not of all time, The Joshua Tree by U2. So this is... Um, I feel like Midnight Oil and Billy Bragg to me are my two political social commentary uh, on, on life's issues. And I feel like with Diesel and Dust, here is an album that came out and just exploded like a freaking powder keg. And 
really was the album that, you know, pushed them overseas to us in a way that, okay, stand up, take notice. Um, great themes of environmental issues, you know, political strife, social strife, uh, indigenous situations. But this to me was, in looking at that cover, that striking cover, this is an album that um, over time still has a tremendous amount of punch. So I call it kind of like the Muhammad Ali album for them. It was just like, we're going to knock you down and we're going to be loud and we're going to be anthemic about it. Um, why don't we start with our bronze metal track and I'll throw this over to you. This was hard. But what is your third pick there? Well, I was texting you because I know all these albums really, really well, but I've been re-listening to them over the, the last few weeks. I texted you, I think, about a week ago. I'm like, I just listened to Diesel and Dust again. How am I supposed to pick three songs off this? There is not a dud. It's amazing. It kind of reminds me of R.E.M. a little bit, and that it's like we're going to have a bunch of great albums, but they're kind of, you know, college albums or, or – and but we want to go, we want to go mainstream, but we want to do it our way. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of document or green from REM, like, okay, we're, we're still staying true to ourselves, but it's going to be a little, little more anthemic, a little bigger, a little more popular. And I feel like Minato did that with, with diesel and dust. Phenomenal start to finish really tough. But for my bronze metal pick, you mentioned it before I chose put down that weapon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, th th this was my gold and silver. I picked fairly quickly, but I have like three songs. I literally had to decide like five minutes before <laughs> we went on because there's so many good songs. But yeah, um, to have that song, you just have this rousing powerhouse of an album opener in Beds Are Burning that says, hey, like you said, we're going to empty the tank. We're going to hit you over the head. We're going to get your attention. But then immediately after that, we're going to slow it down and you need to listen because <laughs> this song is super important because if we don't do something, the world's going to end with all these crazy, you know, at the time, Cold War battles and, and whatnot. Anyway, I just thought the more I listened to it, just and again, made me think of Rob Hurst and some of the, the harmonizing, especially in the in the chorus. Um, you know, happens to be an emergency, the way they sing together starts off slow, but then just kind of starts building, 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 kind of explodes in the middle and then right back down the musicianship, the transitions phenomenal. Yes. I don't yes. think I appreciated the song as much when I first got the album, but the more I listen to it now, I'm like, wow, incredible song. That's my, my bronze, bronze metal pick. But for me, I have to go with. I mean, when you start a fucking album, bomb, 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 and then you get this thunderous drop on the on the downbeat of the drums, and then you get that throbbing bass line. I mean, come on, yeah. So I had to hand it over to Beds Are Burning. Um, I know that's kind of a popular pick, but who cares? I just love, I love the video. I love, 
I love the fact that when I had my fourth graders learn how to sing that song, they instantly fell in love with it. Instantly. It's just a fucking, it's just, yeah, it's, it's masterful in its, in its, in its, in its muscle. It's got a lot of muscle to it. And I love in the video, like when they're in there and they're in the Jeep and they're moving and with they're all the people the the way they synchronize that with the, with the actual song, all that energy, it's, it's ferocious. So yeah, I'm going beds are burning. And I want to actually give you a quote here that I, I found from Rob Hurst. And these are his words. He, he said, um, when this album came out to write Australian music that people overseas could get into and understand, which would enlarge their whole vision of Australia, way past Vegemite sandwiches and kangaroo hops. So, <laughs> all right, let's transition to our silver medal. So brutal for me not to put this gold because I love it so much, but my silver is the dead heart. Ooh. Yeah, I bet you thought I was going gold with that one. And we could, <laughs> there's no reason it couldn't be. Um, but uh, yeah, right in the heart of that album, boom track six you've got your you know you've had your beds are burning you've had your your dream world you've had these big rousing anthems and then um yeah kind of kicking off the second half of that album i could just see you know flipping the vinyl or you're flipping the tape <laughs> back in the day and here comes this just lovely quiet pensive song about you know the aborigines and 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 their challenges and, and everything that that happened and how they were wronged and what really gets me on that song is I love the song but the, about the last minute of that song yeah that music and how it just slowly 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 widens down with an incredible acoustic guitar and when you see it live and you see both those guys playing you're just like wow um and the way it just sort of just gently fades out i think it's just one of the one of the loveliest outros of any song i've ever heard and such a powerful message delivered somehow with with rhymes and catchy music and it's just to me probably the most powerful song on the album when, it, when you talk about combining a message with incredible music and, and and vocals and let's not forget it has in addition to that outro it has the perfect twinkling ending yes right mm -hmm. it's it's just yeah it, and it's the, and the, the the doo doo doos, you know, like the and, and the way that 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 sort of builds. And when we've seen them live, they'll often sort of play some music. You're not quite sure what it is, and then they kind of start very <laughs> like doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah. very quiet. And they build it out. The crowd goes crazy. Oh, phenomenal live song for me. I feel as though okay, so Midnight Oil is known for obviously their their high voltage energy, but when they slow it down a bit and they focus really on just creating, I think it's a conventional pop four, four, four time signature song. 
it really shines and i'm going to get in that later on the other albums but uh when they slow it down and they they take you by a uh, quiet storm within their verse or their chorus they can come up with a pop gem like this one i'm going to read you the lyrics and um it goes something like this there is enough the law is carved in granite it's been shaped by wind and rain white law could be wrong black black law must be strong of course i'm talking about war with this song and with this album and other songs i feel like this band has also given me a better understanding of geography and how much the land how much they're honoring history and 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 trying to use the rearview mirror as as men as men to understand where have we gone wrong what can we do to give back and um yeah so warakarna is like one of those perfect pop songs that they do and it just i mean it shimmers uh warakarna cars will roll don't drink by the water hole court finds on the shop front wall beat the grog and save your soul and when you see them sing that song live and bring all their vocals together man sends goosebumps it's land must change or land must burn man that is powerful live you can tell peter garrett just believes that with every fiber in his being and, and when he sings that live with you know arm you know <laughs> arms outstretched fist pumping oof. yeah well, and, and you know what it does it also has the title of the album in there and the way he says that oh god so good yeah. all right can i guess your gold medal sure Warakarna. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me to choose something over Dead Heart is, 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 is extremely difficult on this album. But, my goodness, you just hit on all the things that I was going to talk about. Uh, the way the song, the way the song builds up, the naming of the album in the lyrics, the chorus which just builds and builds and builds and then you know this land must change or land must burn and you know it says it a few times towards the end and then just that bum, 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 to end yes not the long slow elegant outro of dead heart just bam 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 done just those you know um just those three notes and when i listen to that album it's always the one where I'm just like, I, I don't know how this was, song was not some massive single. I, it's so, it's so catchy. It's so brilliant. It's so powerful in its message. And again, right there on the core of the album, and that song leading into Dead Heart. I mean, just forget it. Magical. All right. What is my gold medal? Your gold medal? Uh, I was going to guess your gold medal was put down that weapon. Good guess, but no. Oh. No. Oh. 
I know this is brutal, my friend. It was brutal. All right, so can, can I can I guess one other? Yeah, I think you've always you've always been a fan of bull roar. I have, <laughs> I have, but no. Oh, okay. I, just when I thought I knew you. <laughs> no, um, I think after the last time we saw them in Oakland, and I remember you were staying with me and. Um, I think we blasted the album after because we were just so in that post-concert energy, the PCE. And when this song came on, I'm like, oh, turn this shit up. Um, so as you know, I've, I've, I used, I've incorporated a lot of music in my classroom. But my first year of teaching, I brought this song into the classroom. And one of the boys I had was, um, he was challenging but he loved music and there was one day the kids were cleaning up the room and i used to put on just really fun like ramones cleanup music the blur whatever and all of a sudden i hear him cleaning up with everyone he's on the floor and he's doing this on his knees like he's a navy seal <laughs> and he goes like this do 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 I'm like, oh my God. And then to make it even better, he had the whole class doing that. And I was laughing so hard. I'm surprised I didn't tell you that. Um, you the, dead old, heart, man. <laughs> the dead heart is, I know I just used the word anthemic. It's it's an opus. It, it, it is their masterpiece. It is... Um, I think I mean I I don't want to belabor it, but I I think you kind of touched on all of it. it as far as the qualities and the characteristics of why that song means so much to me. But there are so many parts in that song, all anchored down in that phenomenal bass work. And I learned I don't know if you saw this in your research, but I learned uh, Rob Hurst was saying that. The original version, the tempo was so slow. It was it was like, do 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 do. I mean, really slowed down. And they brought it back to the band. And like, no, let's let's we can we can give it a little bit more pep and energy. And what what an amazing song to honor a group of people, mm -hmm. right? What a what a triumphant song, and. I'm so glad you brought this up. And then I know we have to move forward here, but I love that you brought up the outro when those horns kick in, it brings it up a whole nother notch, you know, do, 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 do mining companies, pastoral companies, uranium companies. But when he's saying this, I mean, he does it with such vigor and he does it with such tremendous passion. Got more rights than people. Yeah. He's no. mad. Yeah. You feel, yeah. feel it. And it's genuine. It's not some act. No, and I had learned and um, that Peter Garrett, he lost his father due to a severe asthma attack, and he lost his mother in a fire. Oh, jeez. And that he was actually there, and he survived it. So I wonder how much that has played into that explosiveness that comes out of him, Right. So anyways, just wanted to bring some context there. All right. So now we get to 1990. Um, some great albums. Uh, Sundays, Reading, Writing, Arithmetic. Ride, Release, Nowhere. 
violator, the Razor's Edge, ACDC. So we're looking at an album, Blue Sky Mining, released in 1990, that I will tell you right now, right now, it is their, it is their crown jewel. It's the one, if someone says, what is your favorite Midnight Oil album? That's it. And I'll get into that later. We have corporate toxicity, environmental issues, more great songs about the past, which they do so well. A lot of tempo shifts, a lot of different arrangements. I feel as though they were kind of obviously riding on the coattails of that success and really like honing in on their craft as musicians. Um, and then their live performances, Jesus God, <laughs> oh, like a just a tornado. So let's talk about Blue Sky Mining. Before you tell us your bronze medal, I just want to know quickly, what does this album mean to you? This album to me is, is miraculous because how could you not have a letdown? from mm -hmm. diesel and dust that is a damn near perfect album it's huge anthems it's great from start to finish i think of follow-ups to great albums and they're almost never as good there's usually some level of of a letdown very few exceptions this album may be better than diesel and dust which is almost impossible to say it's certainly on a par i think is the worst you could say about it and to, to just not let Diesel and Dust go to their heads or sort of let down from that or, or, or have any lesser quality is phenomenal. As you said, may have up their game still sounding like Midnight Oil, but taking their music in new directions, yet being just as powerful, but in a different way. I think it's a remarkable achievement. I know I've told you this story before, but my wife is Miss pop music mm -hmm. you know janet jackson in sync you name it very top 40 mainstream and um i will often put on an album while we're making dinner or something like that and uh i will never forget the first time i put on blue sky mining when we were making, and she was just like whoa like what is this like i could tell it sounded familiar to her like she would know beds are burning you know but she didn't know the songs but i think she kind of recognized peter garrett and and she's like about four songs into it she's like wow this is amazing and uh she rarely reacts to anything like that that's outside of the straight up pop music realm so uh that that's that's what this album means to me like again accessible to maybe people who aren't fans yet still incredibly powerful with deep messages and incredible musicianship and lyrics and vocals and just the rare rare band i could think of that literally undeniably put out back-to-back -back masterpieces what is your bronze medal again brutal <laughs> so hard <laughs> i mean whew. um but where i went for the bronze one is one thing i love about this album is the sort of jekyll and hyde of the the the, the two the two halves of the album and just the last four songs in this album are just very slow and very lovely and yet still so powerful. And I really focused on the last four songs when I was re-listening to it because I love them all. And I'm like, hmm, 
which one really grabs me? And on the last listen, I'm like, you know what? It's it's Antarctica. The last track, and it's so slow, and but just so powerful when you listen to it. You know, it must be one place left in the world where we can breathe, and and it's just. And again, it's that beautiful midnight oil formula where it's it's power. It's so powerful in its slowness, but then about three quarters of the way, it just speeds up, hits you like a thunderbolt. But again, kind of similar to Dead Heart, although not as long of an outro. But again, you have this sort of powerful buildup. You must be one place of music swirling and hitting this crescendo and then stops in just this lovely piano for about, I don't know, 15 seconds. And just sort of brings you back down and, and just fades you out in a lovely, pensive way. I just... That song really struck me upon recent listenings. It was like, mm. um, this album is brooding in a different way. It's moody. Good it, word for it. It's very moody. And I'm going to pick my bronze as a song that, um, when they hit these bridges, and they all sing. Oh, gorgeous. Pack your bags full of guns and ammunition. Bills fall, fall due for the Industrial Revolution. Mountains of Burma is my number three pick. Scorch the earth to their surrenders. <laughs> that, that, oh. that, that's, your, that's your slow. That, yeah, that's, it's a lot like Antarctica. It's just a slow, slow burning, super powerful song. Although that one never quite speeds up as much but oh so powerful it's got that snarl it's got that rage it's got the fist in the womb feel to it it feels as though that song i just love the composition i love that it changes and i think it's some of his best vocal work mm-hmm. um and again it is moody <laughs> and uh yeah it's a very it's a very strong strong song so that's my pick all right silver medal for you all right well somehow in diesel and dust i missed all the rousing anthems somehow i left beds are burning off my top three oh, i love dream world i love sometimes i didn't pick any of them but i am not denying forgotten years its place in the midnight oil pantheon of rousing <laughs> anthems. I was listening to this track and I think this was the song that got my wife, Tracy song four. And she heard it. And she's just like, what is, this is amazing. Like it almost sounds like a pop song with the, the catchy music. And, but I, again, upon re-listening, the chorus of this song is so undeniable especially when he sets it up with them. Who can remember? We've got to remember the hardest year. I mean, it just, and and again, at the end where he shakes it up a little bit, you know, that aching, breaking, heartbreak year, whatever. And then um, binded years, the blinded years, desperate and divided years. And um, and again, just the powerful, quick ending, the drumming. uh, I just, I just love it. But this, 
of all midnight oil songs when i hear them and there are many that get me fired up this one every time it's just yeah. that that chorus just is so rousing and and so amazing i just i love it so again tough not to put it in the gold spot for me but uh a very worthy silver medal <laughs> Uh, so for me, I think for this this song that it's it is the driving pistons, it's the engines, it's it's the it's kind of the that rocket that just moves the song into a different stratosphere. It is anthemic, where it's a song where it's kind of a community building song. It's it's the fists in the air. It's it's all of that. But my God. Those opening chords, those notes on the bass, and then you have Peter Garrett sing this, few of the sins of the father are visited upon the son. <laughs> Hearts have been hard, hands have been clenched into fists too long. Oh, God, you got to give the silver medal of forgotten years. Ah, look at us. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's magnificent. Yeah. And it perfectly placed in the album. Yes. Too. Just song four. It's a little a little quieter, you know, songs two and three, and then just bam. Right there. So yeah, I'm going forgotten years. All right. Your gold medal. Let's see if we're in agreement about this one too. When I looked at the three albums and I thought of what are the gold medal songs? This one was my easiest one to pick. And that is saying something because you know I love me some more Kerna. And I love the <laughs> I love the Earth and Sun and Moon one too. However, when I listen to this album and within 10 seconds I'm captivated, it's because the song Blue Sky Mine mm. is so phenomenal. <laughs> and I just love the kind of just little guitar intro. And then that harmonica when he has a, you know, and then the drums kick in. Yeah, exactly. Then the Rob Hurst drumming and then the, hey, 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 hey. It's such an attention getter. And again, powerful message about, you know, corporate greed and, and, uh, and again, as with many Minato songs, I feel like, I feel like some bands don't know how to end a song. You know, they just go on and on and on, or the rambling or the music is too much, you know, and just the lovely, you know, in the end, the rain comes down, washes clean the streets of a blue sky town. <laughs> right into Stars Warburton, which I love, which was my fourth pick for this album. Um, just like Benjamin, incredible opener, powerful song, powerful message, beautiful music. Every time I hear it, I just love it. And to me, that was as much as I love all the songs now. This was this was a no-brainer gold medal pick for me. Yeah. And I don't think we've spoken highly enough about uh Bones and his phenomenal work that he used I mean to he do. rest in peace. Yeah. Um just how aggressive. But yeah, he came up with some just amazing bass lines that that is one hell of a pick. And I think um, for me, that was actually my number four. Mm. But then I'm like, no, this should be my number one. I mean, again, like Beds Are Burning, you you launch an album with this? 
it's undeniable. It's undeniable. Yeah. But so this one was very um this one took me back to the concert we went to in Berkeley because although you know it was so long ago, what 1990, summer of 1990, I have flashes of that concert where we were in the pit and them playing Hercules and all that stuff. But I remember specifically when they were bringing the house lights down a bit, Peter Garrett took a shirt and he wrapped it around his head, right? And there's this unbelievable force. And he stood, he uh, sat on a chair. And I remember the kind of like this red glow to him from the light. And I remember they pushed up his vocals. And this song is so fucking gorgeous to me. It's, it is so beautiful. So my gold medal pick was um, uh, One Country. Yeah. Um, I think I love its message without it totally beating you over the head. I love it. it was a, a song about unity and really coming together and seeing what we can do as better as a human race. Um, but I just, again, I love the outro. He's bringing people together in his vocals. And I love the acoustic guitar work. Phenomenal. Just gorgeous. So, yeah, that was, it's one country. Gets me every time. God. All right. So now we have three-year kind of layover, you know, some a gap here. And we move into Earth, Sun, and Moon, their eighth album. Uh, producer Lit Nick Lone, who they worked with before, and he's also a very famous producer, Killing Joke, Talking Heads, uh, Nick Haven to Bad Seeds. And then he did obviously work with Red Sails in the Sunset, blah, blah, blah. Albums that came out in 1993, one of my favorites, U2, Zeropa. Bjork debut, Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders, and a whole lot more. So with Earth and Sun and Moon, which you and I both regard as a really, really phenomenal, exceptionally uh, strong album, I feel as though out of these three, this is the one that gets the least amount of attention. But God, it's got plenty of muscle. So real quickly, what does this album mean to you? It, it is a quiet masterpiece. Not that there, are, not that the whole album is 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 quiet, but I feel, I feel like it's a band coming down from their high. Yeah. Diesel and Dust, Blue Sky Mine, huge tours, incredibly yeah. popular, mainstream acceptance, and I feel like this is a band in reflection mode, and and in pensive mode, and we still have a lot to say, and we're still going to have our rousing anthems, but we're going to have a little bit more on the on the on the sort of quiet storm side slower quieter and again just phenomenal i would rate it one notch below diesel and dust and blue sky mine what is your bronze <sighs> brutal <laughs> i went with the title track for the bronze love the song earth and sun and moon Again, just uh, um, I, I think just just a powerful message. The way it, it just one of those slow builders, and um, 
love the music in it, especially the the guitars at the beginning and at the end, kind of you know. Um, I just I just love it. I think it's just a great song and uh, and and just sort of like all Minato albums and, and this song in particular, just sort of timeless. You, you yeah. just put it on; it doesn't sound dated. It just it's just really really good. Great pick. All right. Well, for my bronze, I love a strong opener. They did it on the previous two, so why not keep going with that one? Mm. Feeding Frenzy. Love it. Uh, God, again, I think it's it's kind of the hum of the highway. of the. Uh, I hear this, like, I, I envision this, this Jeep out in the middle of nowhere, and they're just, like, returning back, going back to the land. Um, and I love the lyrics. Well, I'm as old as the hills, as young as the day, that nobody sees things in quite the same way. Computers and shovels, churches and brothels, mannequins and skeletons, cities and dust bowls. Here we go. Here we go again. Um, yeah, I think to me that buildup, that intro is just phenomenal. And it's a it's a quieter buildup. It's not as punchy as the previous two first tracks on the other albums. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, um, but again, uh, it kind of reminds me of my silver metal forgotten years, dead heart is like, what is the song in the middle of the album that is just bridging the first half to the second half and is going to keep your attention. And to me, that's true. Ganini. Yes. Love that song. Uh, mm -hmm. Track five, there's there's been some kind of slower songs actually right after Earth and Sun and Moon, just boom. Trugane comes on and you know again fist pumping rouse the anthem. You know, I see the Union Jack in flames, let it burn. <laughs> you know, I I have seen that live and he just goes crazy. And um and again that, that big rousing anthem, I see Truganini in flames, and then slower is that driving drum beat and the world won't back down and just that mm. I, I love it. I love a good rousing anthem and and uh and that one again from the, the opening loud guitars to get your attention into the the lyrics and the chorus and uh yeah the harmonica yeah again his harmonica work I'm going to go with uh my silver metal pack this is a song I feel like they kind of pushing into the the realm of psychod psychedelia they were, I, I, I get a sense that they just kind of went for it and just were improvising. They made this beautiful video for it. I finally, I saw it and I hadn't seen it in years yesterday. Um, but God damn it. I love a good bridge as I've told you before. And when they sing this part, sharks are coming up to feed. I believe it's time to move. Divers coming up to breathe, but I'm not in the mood. You gotta go outbreak of love. Oh, <laughs> I love that song. And I love it because of what I mentioned earlier, but I feel it's kind of like it's a longer song and it takes its sweet ass time. But like Chuganini, with each time they do the chorus, they I feel like though they push up the vocals a little bit more. For you to really feel its punch and power. So I'm going with Outbreak of Love, Silver Medal. Excellent choice. Guess what my gold medal song is? No! 
Can I just say what you said? <laughs> this is the end of the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, Outbreak of Love. I, I've always loved that song. And I love I love how this album ends. I love the last few handful of songs. I love Tell Me the Truth. I love In the Valley. I love all those songs. But there's something about Outbreak of Love. And yeah, like you said, it's luxurious pace, which yeah. is fairly unusual for a Midnight Oil song. And the way it builds, and I know this, this is the end of the beginning. And uh, mm, I just, um, it just really stands out to me, uh, especially on the, the second half of album, uh, second half of the album when it, the, the last handful of songs are a, a little bit slower and, and more pensive and, and melodic and, um, I know, I know about the video you're, you're talking about and I'm just like, man, it's gorgeous. Just the, the, yeah, the, the whole, the whole package of this song is just undeniable. And to me, the standout track of this, of this album. Oh man. I love that gold medal pick. All right. You want to guess mine? <sighs> See, it's hard. There's so many ways you can go on this album and, and there's <laughs> so many. I know that's the so many different songs. I, I just mentioned in the Valley. Is it any chances that. So now when I saw that version last night of Peter Garrett and Rob Hurst and uh, Jules Holland on the piano, I'm like, yeah, that, that is my number one. That's my gold medal. Yeah. It's a real personal song about his family his parents, grandparents. And of course, we're talking about In the Valley. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh. Incredible. Yeah. It how, is. Do I, how do I leave that off the top three? I, I don't know. But I can say that about a lot of songs on this album. Well, and it, it's to me, it's kind of like War Kern a little bit where it um, it is kind of a, and I'm no musician, but it is kind of a standard pop song, mm-hmm. right? And it's got a lot of sparkle and shine to that acoustic guitar work. But yeah, it's got a lot of pop and zip to it. But again, the lyrics, great lyrics. And it's a song that I think out of all those songs, when I listen to it, I want to hear it again and again and again and again. And I think you said this about um, Blue Sky Mining. Wherever you are, it just fires you up. That's that song for me. It fires me up, but not in a loud, rambunctious way. It's it's like a celebration of of, of of who we are as people. But in in um, I don't know. I just it's 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 just a beautiful song. So that is my gold medal. Now you didn't know this was coming, so I got to ask you this question because I didn't want you to think about it for too long. Okay. So gonna, um, I can always cut it out if you can't come up with an answer you can't you can't rattle me you can't face me already. <laughs> bring it on all right right now out of all the midnight oil songs from any album what is your number one song well you won't be surprised i do have a dave's favorites playlist <laughs> oh <laughs> shocking i know and actually i do believe the only midnight oil songs that are on there are dead heart and war Kerna. Oh. Um, now that's a very limited, I really try to keep that set list tight or playlist tight. 
Um, so there's not a lot, not a lot of room there, but, um, yeah, I would probably, I would probably say Warwick Karna, but you know, the one song that you and I always find, and I feel like I don't hear it enough because it wasn't on one of these three albums, but man, every time I hear Hercules, I mean, forget about it. Yeah. That song. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, you were talking about a rousing anthem. Um, so Hercules is is right. It's certainly, if you were going to ask me my favorite, not on these three albums, would be Hercules by yeah. a mile. As much as I love some of their other early stuff, um, but yeah, I would I would say favorite. If I just had to pick one, I would say Warwick Herna. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, God, Blue Sky Mind. I should put Blue Sky Mind on that. I know. I <laughs> talking about it today, I'm like, how is that not on there? I know. See, that's the thing. You go back and go, oh fuck, I forgot about this one, right? Yeah. yeah. What would or, you say to that? Oh, without a doubt. When we saw them in Berkeley and they played Hercules. Hercules, yeah. I, I had never seen anything like that. The that's crowd, like the crowd went insane. Insane. Like, that's like the Oppenheimer song. I mean, that that song is just it's a full on detonation of just incredible energy. It's it's everything encapsulated in their their approach to music. And everybody gets a chance to shine in that song. Um, and it's a it's a great song that really connects to the audience. No, that by far, um, that's the song I go, God damn. How did they do it? Yeah, I mean, how many hundreds of concerts have we been to between the two of us? And I can rarely, and I think they play that, if not every time, most times we've seen them. I can rarely think of a band playing a song that has gotten the crowd more consistently fired up than them playing that song. So do you remember, I don't know if, it, I don't know how much you remember them playing that song concert, but I, I clearly remember when he sings this, um, uh, who waits for the planes to come when everybody's got you on the run. So when he sings that part and he was just flying across the stage, and then he gets on the edge of the stage and he's got his monstrous paws up in the air. <laughs> um, is this something to remember? Oh my God. Yeah. That's what performing's all about. Yeah. To, uh, to me, I think they played a couple times during the, uh, the encore and I'm like, wow, if that's not the best encore live song, I don't know what is. I mean, I, I got the people fired up <laughs> and the band fired up. I mean, they're all yeah. Seem thrilled to play that one. Yeah, good, good, good call. Yeah, un, undeniably powerful song. And was that just a single? Was that on one of their? That was albums? on their their EP, Species to CC. Oh, an EP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I, I never associate that with a specific album. And I guess it's not a not a full length one. No, and I love that about some bands. In fact, I just had this discussion with a gentleman when we were doing the national. We picked our number one song. We're like. That was never on a studio album on one of their albums. Yeah. And it's like, how, how is that left off? Um, you're going to get the final word on Midnight Oil. Anything else you want to express or share? You know, the only, the only thing that came to mind when we were talking about this is how many bands out there can 100% deliver the goods both in the studio and live over and over and over again you and i've talked many times 
it's incredible how few bands or singers can string together three undeniably great albums. It is shockingly rare. And to be able to not only do that, but every time we've seen them put on an astounding live show yeah. where musicianship is, is great. The set lists are great. Touching on all eras of their music. Peter Garrett sounding great. Having a few choice rants about whatever's on his mind. Um, but I, I was I was thinking about it, especially when, when you and I were talking, I'm like, that is a really rare combination to be phenomenal in the studio and phenomenal live. And I think they're one of the rare bands that can pull off both at an exceptional level. And that, that well, that's their legacy to me. And and while also having very powerful messages, not just these empty songs, but just great songs that also pack a punch when it comes to the to the message. Well, they're at the they're they're top craftsmen uh, of of their of their instruments of their their talent. They understand how good they are without being braggadocious in any manner. They seem very humble, and um, yeah. And, and for people who have never seen them live, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. And if you can ever catch Peter, I know he's got a new album coming out next year, and maybe they'll do another, you know tour but yeah it, it's it, it you hear the album and go oh my god this is so powerful but when you see it live it, it's it stays with you for days it rattles you well and i'll tell a very quick story about that i have a friend up here in seattle named named david and, and he and i have bonded over um going to a lot of concerts together but he's much more like rock and roll alternative guy um, but he asked me once, he's like, hey, he knows my background is more modern rock or whatever you want to call it. He's like, okay, so you've been to a ton of concerts. Like, what bands do you think I would like to see in concert that might not really be up my alley? And I, and I immediately thought it too. I'm like, you should see The Cure and you should see Midnight Oil. And he was very familiar with The Cure and, you know, new beds of brain. He's like, Midnight Oil? He's like, really? like phenomenal live great guitar work I, I really think you'll like them and so he and i went to the the show in seattle the one time i, I saw them without you and uh and afterwards he was he was just blown away he's just like wow i've never enjoyed a concert so much where i did not know like 90 percent of the songs yeah it's like that was that was phenomenal trust trust dvg <laughs> And then he saw no. the cure. The cure came to Seattle this year, and he went not with me, uh, but he went with with uh, I think his wife or something. And uh, yeah, he just sent me a one word text. He's like, "Thanks." Oh. <laughs> I talked to him later about it. He's like, "Wow, phenomenal! I had no idea." So, but yeah, just uh, the fact that someone who probably knows beds are burning and was kind of sort of recognized Dead Heart or Blue Sky Mind come out of that show just being like, "Whoa," they blew me away. I was like, that's midnight oil. Yeah. 